Welcome to An Encouraged Heart. This is Cynthia, and thank you for joining me for Bible study. Currently, we are studying Jesus, understanding his death and resurrection, and this study covers the final three chapters of the Gospel of Mark. If you are new to my podcast, I encourage you to go back and listen to Jesus experiencing his touch and also Jesus listening for his voice. Those two studies examined Mark chapters 1 through 13. And just so you know, you can also find the following Bible studies on my podcast, Living Victoriously in Difficult Times, Being a Disciple, Counting the Real Cost, and Loving God and Others, The Heart of True Faith. You can purchase any one of the Bible study workbooks by simply going online to Precept Ministries. The books are part of Precept's 40-minute Bible study series. I have included a link to their website in the description section of each episode. Also, you will notice as I read through the text, I will ask you to mark keywords and phrases. This method of Bible study allows us to slow down and carefully observe the passages verse by verse. This will help each one of us to better interpret and apply God's word. And now, please open your Bible or your workbook and join me in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I just ask that you would continue, Lord, to be our guide, be our teacher. We pray your spirit would be in the midst of this Bible study. We pray your blessings upon us. In Jesus' name, amen. For those of you who have the workbook, I'm on page 48. Um, Otherwise, please grab your Bibles. We are um, in Mark chapter 15, and we'll be studying verses 6 through 19 in this episode. And in the observation section, it says, Now that we've witnessed Jesus being sent to Herod, let's return to the Gospel of Mark and see what happened when Jesus returned to Pilate. Again, we'll be looking at Mark chapter 15, verses 6 through 19. We're going to put a box around all references to Pilate, beginning with the word he, uh, which is found in verse 6. We are to put a capital C over each occurrence to the crowd, beginning with the pronoun they in verse 6. And we're going to mark each reference to Jesus with a cross. Again, Mark 15, beginning in verse 6. Now at the feast he used to release for them any one prisoner whom they requested. So put a box around he for Pilate, mark them and they with a C. Verse 7, the man named Barabbas had been imprisoned with the insurrectionists who had committed murder in the insurrection. The crowd went up and began asking him to do as he had been accustomed to do for them. So Mark C um, for crowd. And of course, um, him and he marked that with a box referring to Pilate and the word them marked that with a C. Verse 9, Pilate answered them. So Mark Pilate marked them saying, do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews. So in this verse, you would also mark um, the word you with a C, mark me with a box, word you, uh, referring to the crowd with a C, and the phrase king of the Jews with a cross for Jesus. Verse 10, 
for he was aware that the chief priests had handed him over because of envy. So mark he with a box referring to Pilate, mark him with a cross for Jesus. Verse 11, but the chief priests stirred up the crowd to ask him to release Barabbas for them instead. So you're marking um, crowd with a C, box him. Mark the word them as well with the C. Verse 12, answering again, Pilate, mark that with a box, said to them, mark them with a C, then what shall I do with him? So mark I with a box, referring to Pilate, mark him, referring to Jesus with a cross, whom you call the king of the Jews, mark you with a C, mark the phrase king of the Jews with a cross. Verse 13, they shouted back, crucify him. So mark the word they with the capital C, mark him referring to Jesus with a cross. Verse 14, but Pilate said to them, mark Pilate, mark them, why, what evil has he done? Mark he referring to Jesus with a cross, but they shouted all the more. Mark, of course, the word they for crowd with a C, crucify him, mark him with a cross. Verse 15, wishing to satisfy the crowd, mark crowd, Pilate released Barabbas for them, mark Pilate, mark them, and after having Jesus scourged, he handed him over to be crucified, so mark Jesus, mark he for Pilate, mark him for Jesus. Verse 16, the soldiers took him away into the palace, that is the praetorium, so mark him for Jesus, and they called together the whole Roman cohort. They dressed him up in purple, mark him for Jesus, and after twisting a crown of thorns, they put it on him. So mark him for Jesus, and they began to acclaim him. So mark him for Jesus, hail King of the Jews, mark the phrase King of the Jews with a cross. And the last verse, they kept beating his head with the reed, so mark his for Jesus. And spitting on him, mark him for Jesus, and kneeling and bowing before him, mark him again for Jesus, of course, with a cross. Okay, so quite a few markings there, and I will reread the passage without interruption. It says, Now at the feast he used to release for them any one prisoner whom they requested. The man named Barabbas had been imprisoned with the insurrectionists who had committed murder in the insurrection. The crowd went up and began asking him to do as he had been accustomed to do for them. Pilate answered them saying, do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For he was aware that the chief priests had handed him over because of envy. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd to ask him to release Barabbas for them instead. Answering again, Pilate said to them, then what shall I do with him whom you call the king of the Jews? They shouted back, crucify him. But Pilate said to them, why, what evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, crucify him. Wishing to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas for them. And after having Jesus scourged, he handed him over to be crucified. The soldiers took him away into the palace, that is the praetorium, and they called together their whole Roman cohort. They dressed him up in purple, and after twisting a crown of thorns, they put it on 
put it on him, and they began to acclaim him, Hail, King of the Jews. They kept beating his head with the reed and spitting on him and kneeling and bowing before him. Oh, so we have a pretty detailed account of how Jesus suffered. Um, So let's go ahead and look at the questions which uh, pertain to this passage. So in the first question, it says here, what do you learn from marking the references to the crowd who was behind their demand? So there's lots of references, lots of markings referring to the crowd. Um, Well, we see um, the crowd, for example, mentioned in verse 8. They ask Pilate to release one prisoner as they were accustomed to do. Also, in verse 11, um, they ask Pilate to release Barabbas after being provoked by the chief priests. Um, We see also the crowd um, demanding that Pilate crucify Jesus. We see that in verse 13. Verse 14, uh, they continue shouting, crucify him, although it was clear by Pilate's question that Jesus had done nothing wrong. Um, And also, looking back at verse 10, Pilate was aware that the chief priests had handed him over because of envy. Um, And looking at verse 15, specifically, it says here, Pilate had Jesus scourged and handed him over to be crucified simply to satisfy the crowd. I'm going to read that. It says, wishing to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas for them. And after having Jesus scourged, he handed him over to be crucified. Okay. Um, So again, who was behind all of this? It was um, the chief priests. In question two, it says, what does this tell you about the individuals who made up the crowd? Well, it tells um, me that they were easily influenced by other, specifically the chief priests, um, the religious leaders. Question three says, look at the places you mark references to Pilate and discuss which, what you see happening to this man in respect to the chief priests and the crowd. What insights, if any, does this give you about Pilate? Um, well, looking at verse nine, it says here, Pilate answered them saying, do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? Um, and also, um, going back to verse 10, it says, for he was aware that the chief priest had handed him over because of envy. So Pilate was very aware of what was happening. Um, in verse 12, speaking to the crowd, it says here, answering again, Pilate said to them, then what shall I do with him whom you call king of the Jews? And, um, So even though Pilate knows that um, Jesus had done nothing wrong, as we read in verse verse 14, um, he um, basically compromised and he wanted to satisfy the crowd. Okay, so although he knew Jesus was innocent of the charges, he went along with the crowd. Okay. So moving on to the very next question, question four says, have you ever felt pressure to please a crowd or individuals with authority or influence describe what happened? Um, I think I have, and that happened when, um, I would say more often when I was somewhat younger, where I felt that I needed to 
um, be a people pleaser, um, desiring to make everybody happy around me. Um, and in those times, you know, you certainly feel ashamed because you know that you're not being true to yourself or you know that perhaps you're not doing the right thing. You're, um, you've decided to compromise. So that's something that, um, I did struggle with early on, but not as much anymore. Praise the Lord for that. Okay, moving on, there is an insight box, and that's found on page 49. And for those of you who have the workbook, it says, according to Mark chapter 15, 16, the soldiers took Jesus to the palace or the praetorium. The praetorium was used as a temporary Roman military headquarters or as the palace in Jerusalem to house the Roman governor. It was either a building next to Herod's palace or next to the Antonia Fortress beside the Temple Mount complex. And we looked at that um, on page 46 for those of you who have the workbook, but you can probably find that information on the internet or if you have um, a really detailed uh, map in your Bible. Okay, moving on to the fifth question. It says, describe in detail what happened to Jesus in verses 15 through 19. Well, we know again that Jesus was scourged and handed over to be crucified in verse 15. Um, he was taken taken um, to the place, um, to the palace, excuse me, to the palace. And um, it says here, the soldiers took him away into the palace, that is the praetorium, and they called together the whole Roman cohort. And I looked that up on the internet and it tells it said that the Roman cohort made up of about 480 soldiers. Okay, also we know that um, they dressed him in purple and they twisted a crown of thorns, put it on his head. So of course that would have been extremely painful. They began mocking him, um, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they, it says here in verse 19, they kept beating his head with a reed and spitting on him and kneeling and bowing before him. So again, um, he was beaten and he was um, spat upon. And of course we see that they were mocking him as well. Question six, what was Jesus's condition when they dressed him up in purple, which of course occurred, we see in verse, um, well, it says reference verse 17. So we know of, again, he was scourged um, and then handed over to be crucified. It says, what would the robe do to his bloody body and what would happen to Jesus when they took it off? Um, well, the robe would certainly stick to the sores and become very, very painful when the robe was removed. So, um, yeah, so it's very, very um, painful circumstance there. Okay, quite a bit of suffering um, as they were preparing to crucify him. Further, um, on page 50, there is another insight box, and it says here, scourged is translated from the Greek word fragalo, fragalo, and I'll spell that. It's P-H-R-A-G-E-L-L-O-O. Again, that's P-H-R-A-G-E-L-L-O-O, from which we get our English terms flagellate or flagellum. The flog or scourge was a short whip with leather thongs that terminated 
with lead or iron balls and sheep bones. Normally the victim was tied to an upright post, stripped, then whipped on the back, buttocks and legs. The balls and bones in the whip produce contusions and lacerations or cuts deep enough to expose skeletal muscle and bone and eventually led to spurting arterial blood. Often the victim's flesh hung in ribbons, exposing a, a mass of oozing bloody tissue. The torturous straps sometimes would disembowel the abdomen. Between the excruciating pain and blood loss, victims might pass out, go into shock, and often die before they could be crucified. Scourging is one of the three judgments Isaiah prophesied the Messiah would receive to save us, pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities, scourged for our healing, Isaiah 53, 5. Okay, looking at um, the next question, it says here, why did they place a crown on him? What does the text say the crown was made of? What would that do to Jesus' already abused face? The crown we know was made of thorns, and um, it was twisted on his head, causing more open and painful wounds. The crown was to mock him. And the last question says, now stop and think, who is this they were mocking and abusing, and why were they doing it? Um, They were mocking Jesus um, because they did not accept him as as, um, the Messiah, the prophesied one. They did not accept him as God. Um, And we know, based on what we read in Mark 15.10, Pilate also knew that the chief priest handed him over because of envy. I am going to conclude our study for today. I pray that today's lesson was a blessing to you. If so, I encourage you to share this Bible study with a friend. And if you would like to share your thoughts on today's verses, please leave a comment wherever you listen to an encouraged heart. For those of you who are new listeners, you can find an encouraged heart on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, and several other social media platforms. You can even ask Alexa to play an encouraged heart on Apple Podcast. Take care, and I look forward to you joining me next time. God bless.